What is up, you guys? I wanted to just hop on here really quick and make a few corrections from my last segment that I posted. Um, I actually was just, I know the Holy Spirit was like tugging at my heart because there's a few things that I wanted to correct uh, when it came to the segment I just posted. So first and foremost, I know we were talking about blasphemy and uh, what that entails. And I used a few examples that were actually not correct. So I said, let's say somebody's talking about God and you roll your eyes. That's not blaspheming God. Um, that is definitely disrespectful. Dis- disrespectful. Clearly, it's not having a rever- reverence for God. But uh, blaspheming is like mocking God, right? Um, if you were to go and let's say... Uh, I don't know, have a Bible, right, and tear it up and throw it away. That's blaspheming God. Um, And so I just want to make that clear um, because, like, uh, the examples I used, they just weren't good. Rolling your eyes, that's not blaspheming God. Um, And that's very important because blasphemy is a serious thing. However, it's not not forgivable. However, um, I also want to talk about another thing next. Um, In Matthew 7, I was talking about how the segment wasn't necessarily about um, unbelievers, aka we can say the topic was clearly the topic was celebrities, but let's just let's keep it there. Celebrities. Right. Um, And I was basically talking about how the word of God says, uh, why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't see the plank in your own eye? So that was. And that is it found in Matthew 7. That was taken out of context because that scripture is talking about believers. So, for example, let's say I have a sister in Christ. I have a brother in Christ. Uh, they do, uh, let's say they just go out, they get drunk, right? I mean, it's a constant thing. They go out, they get drunk. But I'm sitting here, I'm cheating on my husband. I'm cheating on my boyfriend. Or... Uh, I'm having fornication. Let's just say fornication with my boyfriend. But yet I pull my brother and sister aside and I say, hey, uh, you know, you're drinking a lot and you're drunk all the time. But yet I'm not I'm being a hypocrite because I'm not looking at the fact that I'm literally fornicating outside of marriage with my boyfriend, something I'm not I'm not supposed to do. However, that scripture is in context with believers. Right. So I want to now, this next scripture is important, especially for believers, because, again, there are so many times where as believers, including myself, I do tend to get frustrated when I see certain things online when it comes to blaspheming God. Um, yeah, blaspheming God, blaspheming Jesus. Right. However, I want to read this scripture because it's very important. and I believe that it's going to bring peace to a lot of believers. First Corinthians 512 says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside of the church? Those outside of the church are non-believers. Are you not to judge those inside? Question mark, right? So that in itself is is pretty self-explanatory. I did want to clear those two scriptures up. I wanted to clear up Matthew 7, but also bring in 1 Corinthians 512, because at the end of the day, we can't as Christians expect non-believers to act and reverence God. It's just not going to happen. You see what I'm saying? It just, it doesn't work like that. So next, um, I used the scripture and I wanted to get this also into context because I was talking about how Jesus, um, a lot of people, if you don't read the word of God, you might think that God is, or Jesus is soft or Jesus, 
love equals acceptance, but Jesus was not like this, um, or this is not the character of Jesus, right? Um, yes, Jesus is love, correct, all of these things, but Jesus, uh, God is also a jealous God. And so we, we have to get we have to get it correct. I think so many times we just want to, we just want to show one aspect of who God is. So people are more, um, drawn to or attracted to Christianity. So I want to go over this verse really quick. I did mention it, but let's put it, just want to say it. So Luke, Luke 14, 26, this is Jesus talking. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my my disciple. So want to use this verse because it is very important what he's saying. Uh, me and my mom have this conversation. This is topic for another day. But, you know, of course, does Jesus really mean hate when he said hate? Now, do me and we take the word as it comes. We take the word as it is. I do like to look up Greek and Hebrew meanings of words, um, especially when it comes to the Old and New Testament. I looked up the word hate. I mean, it's the definition that the dictionary would give. However, um, yeah, I'm going to leave that there. All I'm saying is this, and this is a hard pill to swallow, but yet Jesus said it. And he said it because he understands the cost of discipleship when it comes to following God. You know, he understands the the cost of it. He's basically saying, if you are not willing to um, deny your mother, brother, sister, father, even your own life, if you are not willing to give up what you want for your life, give up what you desire for your life, then you, such a person cannot be God's disciple, cannot be Jesus's disciple. And um, that's important. That's an important scripture. So. I also want to go to the next scripture. I wanted to actually read this one, Matthew 10, 34 through 38. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. That's in Matthew 10. I thought that was very interesting because because that's a very similar scripture to Luke 14, 26. Now, um, we can see where certain things would be, seems like uh, controversial. Reason being is because um, God also talks about uh, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. And then you have the the next scripture. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. So those seem very contradictory. However, um, if we go back to, um, Hebrews 4, 11, where it's speaking about, I'm going to go up really quick words speaking about for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of a soul and spirit and of the joints and and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart so at the end of the day the as and as we see (laughs) the bible and the word of God causes conflict that's the whole point it causes conflict God is not telling us as believers to go around 
you know, hatefully spreading the word of God. Absolutely not. However, what he is saying is there's going to be people that are going to accept the word of God. And there's people that are not going to accept the word of God. And sometimes, and not sometimes, it just happens. uh, People do tend to get um, offended. You know what I'm saying? And it it can, it, it does tend to break up um, relationships due to the nature of the word of God. And it, I mean, it is what it is. I can't say it any other way. I don't even know what other way to say it, but I just wanted to talk about those scriptures really quickly. And I want to also let y'all know there's times I'm going to mess up. There's times I'm going to take things out of context, but when I do take them out of context, I will absolutely come on here, apologize and then get it right. I'll always get it right because the last thing I want to do is take the word of God out of context and use it the way it's not supposed to be used. Um, But all in all, again, encouraging um, those that are believers to still stand firm on the word of God. Yes, come as peacemakers. There's no reason that we should be shouting the word of God. There's no reason why we should be angrily angry and 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 um, arguing the word of God. However, sometimes I understand it happens in passion. However, that's not what God wants. However, on the flip side, the word of God is a two-edged sword, right? So therefore, we also understand that no matter how peaceful we come, it's going to cause conflict. Why? Because the word of God is very matter of fact. It's black and white. There's no gray in a word of God. And I think, not think, I know that that is one of the main issues in today's time a lot of people want to be neutral right and so anyways y'all love you so much i'll see y'all next week god bless y'all i'll talk to y'all soon so i said earlier that blaspheming god is forgivable which is true however i do want to say blaspheming against the Holy Spirit is unforgivable. So Matthew 12, 31 says, Therefore I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Mark 3, 28 through 30 says, Truly I say to you, all sin shall be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemes they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness but is guilty of an internal sin. So I don't know what blaspheming is against the Holy Spirit, but I did want to make that clear. I just like to cover all my bases. 